Blog Talk Radio. Which was uh, strange, and he was retired Brigadier General Air Force. 
and I was a hippie, and uh, we never got along too well. But uh, now, did you? <laughs> was it a true representation of his looks, or did, we, did you, you know, give it a, an artistic spin impression? Oh no, no, I just did him just the way he was, you know, his regiment itself, and uh, but you know, he, he was my blood. What the hell am I gonna say? You know, we all we all kind of make the choices, but uh, no, I did it. They won first prize, and I'm willing to sell it for uh, 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 French fries and uh, Burger King, you know. No. Yeah. No, uh, Bobby, you didn't. Uh, you didn't put a clown nose or something on him. I mean, I know no. you know we talked in the past. You guys didn't get along. No, nothing like uh, that. No, no, no. God, no, no, no. No, you know, like I said, everybody's different. He was a whole different world. I'm a whole different world, and um, everybody has their own thing. Individuality. I think that's what they used to say. We. Have to be like I said, you know. I got, I I was born in the 40s, grew up in the 50s. I got stuck in the 60s. <laughs> That's true. Bobby, I, we were I, just talking about uh, uh, foreign languages. Tommy was talking about guess, French. He was in Canada over the weekend. Uh, you you are also, also, also an aficionado of languages. You um, Italian and German, and weren't you in Flor- uh, Venice uh, listening? You picked up some. Some Italian in Venice? You know, it's funny, Tommy. I grew up in a German home, and the language is very abrasive and grating. And if you're German, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. And it's described as guttural, and the Italian language is... Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) We tried twice, but it didn't... Hey, we tried twice, but it didn't work. Nobody would go along with it. But... (laughs) You know what that song is, Deutsche Nuba Alice. But um, no, the Italian language is so romantic, and the uh, the German language, you know, like uh, you can one to five in Italian. Can you ready for this time? You're Italian. Uno, due, tre, quattro, cinco. Isn't that beautiful? Quinque, we say in Latin. Quinque. You got it. But then the German, you ready? One to five and bachibola. <laughs> One to five in German. I try, try, yeah. God Almighty, there's nothing romantic about it. And a true no, story. No, you're right. True awful. story. When I was in Venice many, many years ago, I was a young guy, and I used to, you know, those Venetian women were beautiful, and I heard a German guy coming on to a, an Italian woman. And I think about how an Italian guy comes on, you know. Bonasera, Senorina. How not beautiful? You know what I mean? A German guy. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing romantic. And I mean, that's the way I was brought up. Sorry. If you're a German, sorry. Don't be a sour crow. Yeah, and isn't there a, a, an expression that you are particularly fond about? Dove a. What is it? What's the rest of it? Dove a. El ba, ba what is it? Who are you talking Bobby. to? Oh, Saibel, is he still there? Oh, you're talking to me. What, what was that, Tommy? That one of your favorite expressions, uh, romantic ex- Italian expressions, is dove e le, el. Oh no, no, the dove e bagno. Yeah, that's right. That's when there's Italian. It sounds like a guy coming on dove e bagno, but it sounds romantic, right? It means where's the bathroom. But it sounds so beautiful. You know, I mean it seriously. In German, where's the bathroom? Wo ist die Badzimmer? 
For God almighty, it's nothing. How about I love you in Italian? Cara mia, te amo. In German, ich liebe dich. Yeah, it, it, sounds like a, it sounds like a genital thing. This is why they lost the war, you know. That's they why we're we uniforms, but they had a terrible language. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so funny. Great uniforms, terrible language. It's true. <laughs> I never thought of that one. That's a stealer. Great uniforms, the bad language. Good man, I'm taking that out of, out of your repertoire. Just give me a check. I'll send you a check. You got it. But uh, uh, well, Bobby, uh, one of the things, it's been a while since you've called in, and one of the uh, topics that's been going on for the last few weeks is, I don't know if you realize that Tommy, we discovered, we got a call from the Soviet Union of all places. Of course, with the Internet today, people can access anything. It turns out they've been looking for Tommy for years. Tommy actually went. Tommy, when did you go to uh, Russia? God, 1970. 1970, so it was still during wow. the cold. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Tommy, tipped, Tommy actually had a guide, um, a chauffeur slash guide for a couple of weeks. Boris. Yeah. And uh, what happened was that, well, Tommy, you might want to tell it. You were supposed to tip him with blue jeans and bubble gum. Instead, you. Yeah, yeah. Instead, I, I think, no, that's what I gave him. He wanted money, and and, and uh, instead, you know, their money's worth nothing. So, I, you know, I gave him a couple pairs of blue jeans and a couple of my albums. Here's the day. And then You can make a fortune and, with these and selling them on the street. And, <laughs> and it then. turns out, Bobby, it turns out that T- Tommy is a legend in, in Russia. There are, there are clubs dedicated, called, actually called Dakotas, there's um, posters all over the country. Uh, women still have little shrines with the albums, and they put their flowers and candles by it. And uh, uh, we found I'm out there's a still getting underwear in the mail from uh, the Soviet Union. Uh, yeah, uh, from, from, from Russia. And, and yeah, we understand really now large, that... really large underwear, yeah. <laughs> 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 and now... <laughs> and now... There are at least 50 to somewhere in the year 60, something like that, actual Tommy Dakota impersonators going around yep. the country. So, oh my God. Yeah, that's the suggest- I gave him and uh, played them a lot, and somehow. Yeah, they, they're selling like crazy still over there. Yeah. Is, is and then I, I, and he owes me money because he started uh, uh, bootlegging all these albums, and they got real popular, and I made nothing. As usual. <laughs> And uh, Tommy's uh, planning a, a, a comeback tour. I mean, he never knew he was a, a, a thing over there, but they're going to call it the comeback because he actually did go there. So uh, we're getting ready. I don't know if uh, you have any suggestions. We're looking for an opening act. I've got a couple hey. acts, as you know. We, we've been talking about this, and I might like to talk to Bobby about this too. Uh, so far we've booked a couple of people. Uh, one is that one-legged tap dancer who uh, also can sing through his uh, rectum. And we're calling him uh, And uh, last week to accompany him, we got that uh, piano player with no fingers. So we just renamed Joey Fingers. But I do have a new one. Go ahead. I haven't seen him yet. This is why I want to talk to Frank. I wanted Frank to go out and scout this guy for me. This guy does impersonations, but uh, strictly impersonations of uh, famous uh, uh, Soviet members, Soviet Union members. 
he does like uh he does Stalin, he does Trotsky, and my personal favorite, he does the Yuri Gagarin that'll make you cry. And uh I think Frank ought to take a look at this guy. I think for last week I does Don Nicholas as well. He's not real big here. I think he works down Brighton Beach in uh down New York City there and uh you know, that big uh, Russian uh, area and uh Maybe this guy could, uh, you know, give us a local color, go on tour with us. Frank, are you willing to go down there and uh, take a look at this guy? Does he do uh, uh, Nicholas the first or uh, the second? Oh, he does both. This guy's got an incredible... He does both? Uh, uh, oh, wow, yeah. this guy he's sounds like a, a, a dynamo. How about yeah, Rasputin? When he does Stalin, he, he usually kills a couple of audience members. Well, if Stalin's a real... Is a real <laughs> Country. 
Yeah, exactly. It's the first thing is cool off, you know what I mean? Because uh, a couple of my shows, you know, you offend certain people, and then uh, I got half the Germans, half the Russians chasing me around town, so I got to go to Kiev and chill out, which is possibly going to be possible in October. It's cool over there, but it's a whole different world. If you, you know, the Russian people, I love them. Like I said, I can't knock them because uh, I'm half Russian. And I always say, how did I become a comedian? Half German, half Russian. It was the Irish influence. You know, they gave me a sense of humor and alcoholism. It was a contagious <laughs> It was contagious disease because I was an innocent German and the uh, Irish. Uh, you're, I half, it. You're, half, you're half Russian, half German, and half Irish? No, no, no. I, I caught alcoholism from the Irish. Oh, It was contagious <laughs> in my neighborhood. Well, I caught it. inbred. You know, Tommy doesn't know that you were tied up as a child and um, that it was your he Irish friends. It. Yeah. Till what, till what age was that, uh, Bobby? Well, it, it was the same age. It was the same age that finally I found out there was no Santa Claus. It was terrible. I was uh, I was at Fort Dix. I was in the army when my sergeant broke the news to me. He said, "What? There is no Santa Claus." And uh, so that's when I really had a tough time adjusting. The bastard. <laughs> and as a kid, your friends used to come by while you were tied up in the yard, and your Irish friends and throw. What? what, what I, they used to throw something in the yard. What was that? Oh, well, sauerkraut, but it was tough to get to, you know? Well, and, and cans, cans of beer, you told me. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, well, I did that up years ago. You know, I mean, I, I, I did. I tried stopping drinking myself. I went on the wagon, but it kept stopping at a package store, you know? So that didn't work. So I joined a group. I can't tell you guys uh, what it is. It's, uh, I'll give you a clue. It's not AAA. But they have the same slogan as AAA. Sooner or later, you'll break down and join us. <laughs> now, uh, <clears throat> Frank and I have been doing a lot of questions. We haven't been in. We've done ten. This is the tenth show, and we're really proud. Oh my God, tenth show! Wow. Yeah, so it's a tenth wow. anniversary party. Yes, and but you know, one of the topics, you know, we we got to get back to the whole Las Vegas years, and of course the lost years with things, but. One of the things that Frank and I, Tommy, we wanted to ask you was, and we haven't mentioned them yet, but when you were on Vegas, you know, all the big acts, we, not, certain people haven't entered the conversation yet, but what Frank and I would like to know about your relationship with Liberace. <laughs> well, I, I lived with uh, Liberace for uh, a year and a half uh, at his place. Uh, it wasn't bad. He was a uh, lovely man. Uh, he spoke rather funny, but uh, he got me in a lot of trouble. He introduced me to a couple of uh, um, guys. You know, hanging out with Frank, you know, you get to feel as powerful as he is. And uh, and uh, I'm with Liberace, who actually Frank loved. And uh, he used to hang around with some pretty unsavory characters. And uh, I used to make well, fun well, of them all the time. Uh, you know, I so years was, later, most, most of the people are dead now, so we can't get into trouble. <laughs> Yeah. Would show up at Liberace's place. <laughs> would show up there? Yeah, like you would. I think oh. you meant um, maybe Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson was certainly always there. Uh, uh, Mickey Haggerty. You know who Mickey Haggerty was? He was uh, no. Uh, nobody does, so I won't even talk about him. But 
what happened when I was there was, as uh, uh, I say, I started to get real mouthy because I hung around with Frank and the rest of the boys, and I thought I was really one of them when I was just, you know, someone that Frank liked. And uh, and uh, Lee, Lee, as we call it, Lee was always borrowing money big time. Uh, and, you know, the guys you borrow money from who want to associate with a bank, uh, you know, these guys that talk through them, you know, they breathe through their mouth. The mouth breathes, you know, oh, hey, you want some money, you know, and... Well, I didn't. I wasn't a big gambler then, but I uh, I like to spend money, and especially you know you hang around with Frank Sinatra, you, you know, and you think you're big time, and you start you know you start giving that flash money out. You know, you walk out the door and you give this guy a C note, and you give this guy a C note, you, and I get shit. I got no money, so I uh, I tended to borrow. Uh, this is this is eventually the story's going to tell you about what happened uh, with my voice. And, uh, so I'm with uh, Liberace, and he's uh, Got somebody's stomach? Anyway. No, I think Bobby, you must uh, be outside, are you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, I'm listening. I'm enjoying this. Go back well, inside or mute that thing, will you? <laughs> okay. 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 Well, I'm coming down. Go ahead. Okay. Keep talking. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tommy. You know, he introduced me to these guys, and they're really good about giving me a couple bucks, and you know. The VIG was outrageous, you know, it was like 8,000% a day or some ridiculous amount of money, but I didn't care because I had, you know, I had the guys, I had the Rat Pack, and, they, you know, they kind of gave me a little leeway. But eventually, you know, it gets up a little too high, and then Frank says, hey, you know, well, you're on your own, pal. I can't, uh, you know, I can't be uh, taking care of your bills or anything, so take care of yourself. Well, so, no, well, tell us what went on. Uh, we're curious as to actually what went on in the, you know, we heard a lot of stories about the candelabra, and, um, well, you know, let me finish this story before you get out oh, of Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. So I, I'm, I'm getting in deep with these guys. They come in to see me every night. I'm still a smart ass. And, you know, from the stage, I'm, I'm making them look like shit. And I'm insulting the hell out of them. And they're not smiling. But, hey, I'm big time. You know, I know I have a lot of big friends. But one night they take me out and uh, say, you know, we're going, we're going for a ride. You know, take him <laughs> for a ride. I didn't think anything of it. You go out in the desert, of course, and, you know, uh, all the bodies are buried out there anyway. So I didn't think much of it, because as soon as you leave the strip, you're in the damn desert anyway. So we're out there, and, and they take me to this uh, this little place, actually a cave, and uh, they beat the shit out of me, literally, for, you know, it seemed like two hours. And, you know, you wow. beat, beating's a beating, you know. Yeah, beating's a beating. I mean, you know, you can take a little beating once in a while. You know, you know it's, it could be worse, so... That wasn't bad, but what the, what really got worse, and this is how I, I lost my voice. After they did that, they tied me to a chair, and they put on a uh, they put on a, a looping videotape of the uh, Queen of England having sex with a donkey. <laughs> and after the and I, after about five I minutes, I began, to, I, I began to vomit, and they they made me watch this. They had my eyes propped open. They made me watch this for three and a half days. Until I vomited my esophagus out, and uh, when I was found, like a week and a half later, I woke up in the hospital. I couldn't talk at all. Uh, I just, I just vomited uh, half of my vocal cords and my esophagus and everything out. So it was, I mean, that's essentially how I lost my voice, and that was a long time ago. And since then, it's gotten much better. But and of course, uh, that didn't relieve me from paying off these guys, which I still had to do. I just didn't insult them from the stage anymore. And I don't think anything about why they breathe through their mouth, you know. So, uh, 
Are you <clears> real, you know, you hang around with these guys, you feel big time, you feel invincible, you can do anything you want, and that's what led up to me in uh, the, what, what torture? I mean, the queen, the queen of England was a donkey. And a donkey. Yeah. Wow. It, was, uh, it was more than. Uh, Bobby, I think. Don't you think? I think you've, uh, you mentioned that you have that that same videotape, Bobby. Well, you know, the thing is that I'm amazed that uh, he had uh, a friendship with the Queen in Vegas and also with the Queen in England. Well, I think that was the uh, your idea. You know, they were being funny. They were being <laughs> ironic. They were being ironic. <laughs> At least the Queen in Vegas wasn't messing with quadrupeds. Well, I think the Queen of Vegas was by cattle. Yeah, it was two two legged. Oh my God, I love. Uh, look, I've been getting a donkey. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember that song, Mule Train. That's where it came from.
Uh, so, the nuns carried blackjacks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. They were. They were these. I I, I told you this before. They there was a, a it was a, a dowel like a, a dowel a stick, and they had this uh, kind of uh, round uh, another piece of solid wood that weighed about ten pounds, I think, with a hole in it, and they stick the dowel through it, and then they threw some elastic around the edge and and like a little clothespin, and it would be a clicker. And they, you know, they'd snap it. One snap meant stand up, and two meant sit down. And, but they all carry them like like guards in a prison, like you know, swinging their clubs as they walk down checking the prison. And uh, you know, guys looking these little things, they they feel absolutely, uh, uh, you know, no fear of just whacking you over the head with it. And this thing was solid wood. They hit you in the face. They hit you in the arm. And if you really if you really piss them off, they take you in quote. The cloakroom where you hung your coats. Yeah, right. Get out of you with these things. You know, they knew how to hit you with these wooden things without leaving marks. It was one thing around yeah. the head, you know, they hit you all over the place. You go home and tell your mother, and hey, she beat me up, and you say, oh no, she's a nun, she's no god. The cloakroom was one step. The cloakroom was just before limbo and just after purgatory. Hey, limbo's gone now, man. Oh, it's limbo gone. <laughs> Limbo's gone. And what happened to all those kids that went to Limbo? Yeah, but they're oh. still doing it down in the Bahamas. They got the pole right. and, you know. <laughs> but that's funny when you said that about the uh, the good old days. No, you know, like I said, I learned a lot. I learned that, hey, let's, you know what you developed in grammar school? You went there, a good sense of humor. Right. <laughs> and, and a broken back. <laughs> and a broken back. Yeah, a lot of uh, comedians that came out of Catholic schools, they'd limp. All of them went exactly. to prison after that because they felt more comfortable in that kind of environment. It was very similar with the guys walking down, swinging their clubs. Oh. Oh, well, listen, guys, this, is, uh, this has been one of the premier episodes. Uh, Bobby, will you come back? All I want you to do is call me and all of you guys stay healthy. That's all. You too, Bobby. It's really good to hear from you again. Always enjoy it. Hey, thanks so much, guys. It was a beautiful Bye show. Again. All right, peace. See you later.